In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. It's it's another show that feels impossible to start, and we've had a lot of these over our years together. It feels like lately they are just in, in very quick succession in a way that I think everybody is is feeling really intensely today. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I part of me was like when I was writing the newsletter this morning, part of me was like, I wonder how many times I've had to do this, like come up with some version of here we are again or like like how many times have I had to like, yeah, exactly. Like reshape this very this story that keeps popping up in different, more horrifying forms. And I was just like, it's a lot. It's a lot. One of the things that's like, it's hard to figure out what it is that you're going to say after one of these things, because there's not really anything to say, you know, it's, it's just, um, a big wordless, endless scream. <laughs> yeah. It's um, just like, we're kind of beyond things to say. And we're just at the same point that we've been for so long, which is like, things need to be done. And... Mm-hmm. You know, it feels very. I'm sure we're we're gonna get into all of it, but it feels very tough when we, it really is. We're in a situation where like actions need to be taken. Yeah, yeah. I I've been feeling this week like just because this happened so shortly after the Buffalo shooting, which seemed to fade quite quickly. And I it seems like because we we know we always know at this point that there's not going to be a political reaction or a political solution and sometimes I feel like that kind of like interrupts or truncates our national mourning because it's just sort of like well nothing's going to happen there's no like sustained you know like weeks long protest movement where we're all on the same page and really in it together it's just okay another one we know they're not going to do anything and that just feels like I mean, it shouldn't feel like this time is different or this week with last time is different, but I don't know that, that, that like, we can't, like you said, we need action. We can't this, we can't just, can't just move on, like throw up our hands again. I, that just seems so unacceptable, like literally impossible to stomach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that I've personally been struggling and I'm sure a lot of people have been struggling with just this feeling of like, Knowing that the Congress that we have right now in its current configuration is not going to take action, 
feeling very discouraged by that, but also reminding myself that we actually have an opportunity to reconfigure our Congress very soon. And even though sometimes the like vote your way out of it is really hard to hear. And it's also very frustrating with regard to stuff that we talked about yesterday when we were talking with Natasha from uh, black girls vote, where it's like, we're facing gerrymandering. We're facing a loss of voting rights. We're facing a really uphill battle that is genuinely discouraging, but it is the only lever that we have to pull and children are being killed. And so we have to really the only action that we can take is we have to remove the people who won't take action from their positions of power and put in people who are at least amenable to common sense changes in our gun laws. I mean, it's, it's insane that if we had maybe like five more Democratic senators, we could overcome a filibuster and maybe pass some legislation. But mm-hmm. I don't even know. Do we need five? Do we need 11? It really depends. But we need to get into a situation where any person who's standing in the way of this progress is removed from their position of power. Yeah, I I think that this is a moment where... Um we should really let ourselves be radicalized. I know that, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you know, we discuss politics all day and as, as people who, who kind of are plugged in, we are pretty much already radicalized. That's, that's deciding that you want to stay plugged into this world is a radical decision. It is terrible all the time. Most of the time. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes we get wins, but there are there are lots of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once yeah. a year, Madison Cawthorn loses his primary, <laughs> and we get to be like, "Yay!" <laughs> you know, like you kind of have to take your joy where you get it because it's it's a it's a dark place. But like, I think one of the biggest problems is because it's such a radical position. It's very lonely. And you kind of sit out here with just the people who are already talking about it. And you all look at each other and you're like, well, we've said everything we can say to each other, you know? Um, and uh-huh. I think that that's, uh-huh. that's part of the, the problem is the sense of helplessness and apathy that kind of sinks in after you have watched this like happen again and again. And what I'm hoping from this is like more regular people like, don't just don't just get angry about this in this moment because it's very easy to and then we all kind of there's been so many so many times over the last i want to say like almost decade where we've had a snap back to normal for everybody who wasn't directly affected and today i would like to tell people to stop to abandon normal like abandon the concept like give up on that right now and think about what it is that you want for a new normal, you know, don't, Mm -hmm. don't accept like, okay, I have to go back to doing the things I have to do. It's like, yes, maybe you need to survive in this moment, but things need to change and you should keep that feeling embedded inside you and want to let it out as often as possible and to feel like it should activate you to engage more. Because again, the people who are plugged in, where is radicalized this is going to get? Like, yeah. we are already doing the stuff, but we're alone. 
very often where there's just a handful of us and we all talk to each other. We need more people to feel like normal is untenable because it is. Right. Like people, how do you get back to normal? It's like, well, that back to normal is still that like basically anybody in Texas can go get a fucking handgun and bring it anywhere they want. I mean, yeah, normal sucks. Our normal is this. This is normal. Very, very bizarre and pathological when you compare us to the rest of the world. It's sick. I mean, I saw a tweet yesterday that was like, if this were another country, the State Department would tell Americans not to travel there. Like, with what's happened this week, we've had two mass shootings in predominantly in areas with predominantly non-white people. Not a, just not a fucking safe place to be. And I know, I know, we have parents listening, and I just I can't imagine the feeling today and the fact that these kids were like, I mean, it's a gut punch at every at every single corner, and I feel like that's why. I hope it could have that radicalizing impact. But something that I've heard, you know, like you said, Caitlin, and some other people point out is like, yeah, a little bit more civic engagement is great. But it's like, no, we all have to inhabit this sort of like radically involved, taking every opportunity to make an impact because we feel hopeless because there's not enough people involved. But like, as we talk about all the time, it's minority rule. Like if people could actually activate to understand the things that are that are that are like keeping because we know that 90% of people support background checks something crazy like that and yeah. and we're still we're still not getting them i mean i was talking to sammy about this this morning but one of the most radicalizing things i've seen in our generation of like mid millennials like mid late 30s is parenthood um just seeing the response from people who become parents, specifically people who become mothers, to school shootings, to lack of family leave for any gender, to the formula stuff, like it's really having an impact. And I feel like if we can really channel that and keep that energy and the way that Caitlin talked about, hopefully we can get, you know, some some fucking positive outcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's it's just it really is fucking tough not to be discouraged. I feel extremely discouraged all the time like there are so many days where I look at what's going on in Washington and I'm like I feel the pull of that like well what's the point of even voting or like I'm gonna withhold my vote because I'm so frustrated with what's happening but as imperfect as it is again like that's the lever that we have to pull to keep children in this country safe and we've never actually really collectively come and pulled it and said, no, we're done electing anyone who stands in the way of progress on this. I'm talking about people who won't get rid of the filibuster. I'm talking about people on our side who are lax on gun rights or don't want to take up the issue or just don't speak. Like we need Mm -hmm. Every single person on record on what they think about the assault weapons ban, we need those votes to come up and we need people in power who are going to put these things through. And we actually do have an opportunity in November to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also want to go a little bit further, which is that, um, you know, part of the radicalization process is recognizing that, yes, we have the system and yes, we have these levers and they are very important. I, I don't, I, I vote in every single election. I am really annoyed that I was late getting my first absentee ballot in on my first election because it technically means that it didn't get recorded. Very <laughs> frustrating that it didn't postmark in Devastating. time. Okay? Devastating. Okay, so that's the only reason I, my entire record, <laughs> but I voted in literally every 
single possible election. Doesn't matter Perfect if it's record. off cycle, doesn't matter if it's a special, doesn't matter. Like I, I vote every single time because it's that important. At the same time, it's about recognizing that like we do not need and we need to, as people who are engaged in this moment, recognize that we do not need permission from the Democratic Party to yeah. be no. engaged and radicalized. We do not need to wait for them to make decisions. Like it is our time as a population to actually force them to do the things that they say matter to them because they matter to us. And if we decide that they matter, like we are, it's it's wild that we've gotten to a place where our system no longer represents not only majority opinion, but like any kind of opinion we are deadlocked it doesn't function at all and that's where the apathy comes from it's like okay vote but then you see yourself vote and yeah we have majorities but like we constantly get undermined from inside the our own party you know we're, we're looking at you know just complete inaction there's very little like even horse trading or bargaining there, there's nothing that seems to be done and I understand that feeling leading to apathy and that's what people in power want because then you aren't getting, you are pushing them and they don't have to do their jobs. But it's very important for us to recognize that part of the radicalization that we need right now is the understanding that the system needs to change and it's not going to do that without us deciding what changes need to be made and pushing officials who are vulnerable to popular sovereignty. You know, there's some people who have locked in those districts and they're doing more of that work. There are people who are preventing us from, you know, they say things like don't pack the courts and all this other stuff. This is a moment for radicalism. The system is not working. So feel comfortable in this moment, letting your anger tell you that this cannot persist. Not the system that throws its hands up and says it can't do anything. Not the people who decide that they don't have to do anything because they can just sit on their hands and and wait for you to get tired of being angry, which is Republicans. And I feel like that's that's got to be that's a historically got to be a, like a tool of fascism. You just it's just a trish. You just wait for people to be so tired and just finally surrender because you're just standing your ground and just Absolutely. inertia. And finally, it's just like like we're saying, it gets really hard to to keep fighting but like like we keep saying like we're so engaged but there is enough people to to unlock and it will depend if if this instant can unlock it i mean like you said elise it's like if we can't decide that protecting that preventing the slaughter of children is worth pulling any lever i i don't know i can't imagine what we could what we could decide is Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of 
do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner. Whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So I'm going to go through some of the details of what happened yesterday, not all of them, because they're just, they're very gruesome. I think we're all absorbing them. With parents listening, I don't want to repeat all of it here. So I'll walk through some things and then we can talk about particular things we want to go into. So the gunman drove a truck through a barrier and into a ditch outside of the school and he came out wearing body armor and had an assault style rifle. So officers responded, I guess there was a 911 call and... They exchanged gunfire with 18-year-old Salvador Ramos. They were not able to stop him from entering the school and barricading himself into the fourth grade classroom. So despite having like an armed presence to try to stop him, he was still able to get into the school and, like I said, barricade himself into a single classroom. The gunman was eventually killed, according to uh, state authorities, by a Border Patrol agent who was working nearby. This area, this community is about 75 miles from the border with Mexico, and that agent was also shot and wounded. Families were notified um, throughout the evening. I, I haven't seen completed lists of all of the victims' names from any like any of the, the mainstream publications, though I have seen you know lots of lots of really devastating um, collages going around. I think overnight they announced that another teacher uh, did not survive. The president and most other Democratic politicians have emphasized the need to stand up to the gun lobby in response to this. The National Rifle Association has donated millions of dollars to political candidates in Congress and lobbied them against common sense gun reform. I'm sure they also like, you know, will Republicans always propose another bill and half the time that's been written by the NRA. An overwhelming majority of Americans, like we said, do believe in universal background checks. One House passed bill would expand background checks for all firearm sales or transfers in the country. Seems seems very... Whenever I hear that, I'm like, we don't already have that? That's insane. We don't have Ridiculous. anything. Anyone anything. over the age of 21 can get a handgun in Texas. Anyone. 18. Crazy. Yeah. Currently, crazy. background checks are not required for gun sales and transfers by unlicensed and private sellers. This is a big loophole. There's a, there's a bill from after Charleston... That was designed to close the loophole that allowed that shooter to legally purchase a firearm before the back to round check was complete. Seems like a loophole you definitely want to close. The Senate made moves to hold a vote on this after last night. Previously, there were proposals from in like 2013 when they were like, maybe we can actually do something after Sandy Hook, Joe Manchin and Pat Toomey. They made a compromise bill that would require background checks on all commercial sales of guns, but it still would have allowed for individuals to sell their firearms to family, friends, and other acquaintances without background checks. I mean, I think we know that the shooter, the Buffalo, the shooter in Buffalo got one of his guns as a, a gift from his father. We're not getting anywhere close. I don't think we, we have in recent years to discussing bans on assault style rifles and high capacity magazines as other nations have done in the wake of mass shooting events. Usually it takes a single mass shooting event. To contrast with other nations, within weeks of the Christchurch massacre that killed 51 people, the New Zealand government passed new laws banning the deadliest types of semi-automatic weapons within weeks. They also did a buyback, so police paid owners to hand over their guns and destroyed more than 50,000 of them. Jacinda Ardern, the uh, New Zealand PM, she's actually in D.C. right now and has kind of like been been talking about this um, a bit. I saw her with, with John Ossoff this morning. So today, definitely like laying a lot of blame on on the gun lobbies and reiterating their role in in this. Is it, I guess, to to transition, is it as simple as standing up to the gun lobby? No. 
I wish it were. So yes, the yeah. NRA is a huge part of this. And I think we can't ignore the fact that they, you know, are an, <laughs> an organization that like has had many, many internal and external scandals from money laundering yeah. to like, they are a deeply corrupt organization and you should be Terrible. deeply suspicious of people who take money from them. Um, because I, I personally, just as somebody who would want to do the right thing or whatever, feel that it's probably inappropriate to take money from people who are like officially like laundering money and doing terrible things all the time and also seem to buy themselves like giant luxury things with the, the <laughs> when they're not giving me money they're they're horribly corrupt so that feels like something yeah um but it's the other problem is that like a huge chunk of our system is it basically runs on deadlock and it it's it's facilitating deadlock and it's facilitating not doing anything and so you know well again they can just wait for the rage to pass and that's kind of what happened with sandy hook we all were very grief stricken it was overwhelming but eventually human brains cannot maintain this kind of tragedy unless it is ongoing Unless it is a reminder. I mean, you can see people in Ukraine are still fighting because they are in an active war zone and they have to fight for their yeah. own existence. But we don't feel this way about gun violence. And so we're not motivated the same way and it fades. And that's what they're counting on. Yeah, it feels like it's like. Yes, it is a matter of standing up to the gun lobby, but that actually has several elements to it it's like dealing with the issue of money in our political system it's dealing with uh a political party and candidates who even if the nra was gone tomorrow they have so wrapped up their identity and they're they have like wrapped themselves in the second amendment in this way where it's like Obviously, it started as a money thing and getting rid of all this money and not having many, many, many politicians in government right now that are funded by this group would be helpful. But it's also an identity thing for these yeah. people, too. You know, like even if the NRA folded, Greg Abbott is not tomorrow going to be like, OK, well, now I'll talk gun control. So it's like we have to stand up to the gun lobby. We have to get their influence out of politics and we have to remove the people who associated with them in the first place because they're going to keep doing what they're doing no matter what because they're dug in on this now. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, the identity part is easy to take for granted because, I mean, as like our political divides have just become like so, so bizarre, there are definitely millions of people who have made an identity over being able to purchase an assault, freely purchase an assault weapon to just keep around their house. Yeah, like, well, Millie brings it up all the time that Lauren Bobert's Christmas photo has maybe $100,000 worth yeah. of weaponry in it. And That's so she's not normal, not normal. And so she's dug in financially even without the nra and it's lit i mean it's her fucking christmas card so mm -hmm. someone who, like that is not amenable to a normal discussion about any of this stuff that's someone who needs to be removed from office and colorado isn't so red that we can't get rid of 
people who have assault rifles in their Christmas cards. Maybe we can start there. Yeah, I mean, John Fetterman is probably going to really run as, you know, a, a pro gun control gun owner. He's been talking about how he has guns. Unfortunately, he is known for an incident involving a gun. Um, so that might not be a great, great thing for him to wield. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FEVERDREAM20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FEVERDREAM20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code FEVERDREAM20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Uh, yeah, as you were talking, it's also, it's like, yeah, even if they stand up and they say, no, NRA, I don't want your money. But like the NRA grading is almost just as important to some people. Like you have members who are who are looking at that. But you have to imagine like there's got to, are there really no NRA members? Like not an overwhelming and enough majority that are like, you're giving gun owners a bad name. Like why can't, ugh, I mean, these I, I just want to ask a bunch of, uh, a bunch of naive, naive questions. But I think it also comes down to the fact that like, we talk about culture war and as you know, we said a huge chunk of it is identity and like the reason it's so deeply ingrained and so hard to remove is because they are fighting, they are fighting a war. You know, like when I say they get radicalized into a position, a huge chunk of that is like people just being like, Oh, they're all just yelling at each other and tuning out. And like not recognizing like what people are yelling and what the purpose is of those results. Like what, what results are people trying to get? What world are they trying to craft? What tragedies are they allowing to happen? Because this is absolutely a tragedy of permission. You know, like other countries do not let, do not allow, do not permit people to do the things that we, they do in this country. And we have said like, yes, it is freedom to murder fellow citizens. And that is a loco position to take. You know, it is out of pocket, it is wild. It is a bunch of other things that I hope are not ableist. It is just- But you gotta, but you gotta leave the state to get an abortion. That's what I keep thinking about. <laughs> is that Texas gun laws are so crazy that you got people traveling from out of state to get guns and leaving states to get abortions. And I just cannot yeah. believe, I don't believe that's who the majority of Texans want to be even if it's a slim majority i do not believe that i mean texas has a lot of uh barriers to voting 
which is how, you know, I mean, Texas is a conservative state, but I don't think it's as conservative as what, like, it's ravenously conservative because of the way that things have and played out as far as their voting way, rights. Sure. But, it, I mean, it's disgusting that, like, you can sue an abortion provider for providing an abortion at six weeks, but, like, anyone can buy a gun and literally kill living children, walk into their classrooms, shoot them. You have Texas lawmakers already saying that the answer is to arm teachers, even though this, yeah, the, like I think it was Ken was Paxton said arm mm-hmm. teachers. He just won his primary, good for him. Um, he, he said to arm teachers, which is insane because as you noted, he literally had a gunfight with trained professional police officers. He was wearing a bulletproof vest and entered the school after that gunfight. So mm-hmm. how one teacher with a handgun would even respond to that is unbelievable. Like, he literally had a gunfight with multiple people. And then, um, An I think it's the lieutenant yeah. governor was saying, like, we need to make it so all schools have one point of entry. It's like, okay, what, that's this what is unbelievable. Say. That's crazy, because, sir, sir, how the fuck are these kids going to get out? These yeah, right? So, okay, so then they're trapped in there with the him fuck? when he gets in, because someone who wants... The one thing that we have learned is that Someone who wants to do this type of damage can do it. It doesn't matter if they are confronted by police beforehand, during, whatever. They, are, they have planned an attack on a school. Not, a lot of them are wearing bulletproof vests and shit when they do this stuff. Like, it is not... Our gun laws are such that anyone, for any reason, whether it be that they're radicalized by white supremacy, like we saw at the grocery store, whether they be a misogynist, like that kid who shot up a sorority a gazillion shootings ago, whatever it turns out to be was going through the mind of this killer. Ultimately, I mean, it matters to the people in those moments, obviously, and like, the reasoning can be horrifying, but what really matters is just that anyone for any reason has access to all of this shit. And whatever done that with a knife. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely, you cannot walk into a school with a knife and kill 20 children. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's beyond it. Again, this is about permission. It is about letting the most radical, most unhinged, if you will, elements of our and that doesn't mean that they they aren't sane and rational it means that they have reached a point of extremism that they are willing to murder people over it and whatever motivated the shooter which we'll never truly find out it's not it's telling that domestic violence he shot his grandmother before he went out is a huge indicator. Something like 80% of, of yeah. mass shooters have an incident of intermittent partner violence or domestic violence or hatred of women that is sitting underneath, <laughs> because they're overwhelmingly men, uh, <laughs> sitting underneath their decisions to perpetrate violence against others. And the fact that we, we don't discuss that and the fact that we enable these people to get weapons is... That's the problem. It's not just that they believe it, which we can never really fix. I'd love to fix misogyny, make our lives a lot better, you know, but not going to happen. <laughs> you know what we can do? Prevent misogynists from having guns. 
that's a much easier task because everyone else has managed to do it. And you can't tell me it's impossible to do. You can't tell me, oh, Japan has no misogynist. Are you see? Are you serious? Are you telling me <laughs> yeah. Japan has right? no violent misogynist? They don't have any. There's no food. mental illness. <laughs> Zero. There's no mental illness anywhere else. Zero oh, mental only illness. Only America has mental illness, but we're also the greatest. Make that make sense. Just make mm-hmm. <laughs> make sense that we're. Yeah. We're we have all- 100% of the world's <laughs> mentally ill people, but we're also the greatest country on earth. This is where I think our isolation really gets us. Because, you know, for a while it's like, okay, you're flanked by oceans and you have neighbors up in north and south. And. And so, like, we just live in this level of isolation from the rest of the world where we don't recognize that, like, this literally does not happen anywhere else. Like, nowhere else on the planet do people walk into places and kill dozens or, or like, massive amounts of people with military weapons. We don't, their militaries do not hand those weapons out to anyone else. Those are carefully Mm -hmm. guarded. No one's walking around with these things. Like, it's not possible to buy one. Unless you are a criminal, like, and that's the only way you're going to get one. And then it's very obvious that you're a criminal and the, the law is built to stop that from happening. It's just like only here. And we just live in this bubble because of the oceans and the neighbors. And we forget that like, this is completely wild and completely aberrational and we should not continue to permit it. It's just, it's, it just should not, it should not be happening. Yeah. It's chilling. Something that I've been thinking a bit about is I was looking at who gets the most money from the NRA, and I was actually very surprised to see that according to the Brady campaign, it is Mitt Romney by far. I think this is like tallied over... I guess this. I think this is over his whole career because I don't think this was just from his Senate campaign, but something like $13 million. So I don't know, maybe that was when he was like... I don't know. Was the NRA funding him when he's governor of Massachusetts? I, I, that seems crazy. But it, they said that they get the most. But but something I was noting was that Roy Blunt is up there, Richard Burr is up there, and Rob Portman is up there. They're all retiring, right? Yeah. They have nothing to lose. These motherfuckers have nothing to lose. There is, you're, you go to go to sleep, go to sleep. But it's because of the identity shit. Again, it's like they are so wrapped up at this point that to throw a vote the way of protecting kids in their schools, it, it hurts their it hurts their pride and their ego. And that's just, why it's like anyone who's ever been tied to any of this has got to go. Yeah. Got to go. My brain can't like I, I can understand a lot of like hypocrisy and a lot of like things that Republicans do that seem incomprehensible. But, but to me, it's just I can't. I can't get there. And you're right. They just they hopefully a lot of people feel that way and agree that they have to go. Well, let's see. What else should we discuss today? I guess some of these guys are going to talk at the NRA conference in Houston, Texas this weekend. Where they banned guns. They banned guns from the complex. Yeah. Yeah. Donald Trump is speaking. Um, Yeah. So it's actually safer to attend the NRA conference gun wise than it is to walk into your elementary school. It's interesting. It's just interesting. Just something just just just. Just asking questions. But why yep. don't they want the freedom, the freedom of getting shot, which apparently they exactly. Well, right. What if a bad guy with a gun shows up? There won't be any good guys with guns to protect Donald Trump. There will be no good guys with guns. This is a tragic circumstance. I, Very dangerous. I hope they reconsider their position. 
No, but like, I mean, like, this is, I mean, the fact that they, they openly, we got to a place where like Republicans and, and this cultural force, I don't want to just limit it to Republicans or just the, the political avatar of this group, but like, look, there's a cultural mass of people who are very happy and openly, you know, they're openly hypocritical and they're fine with one set of rules applying to everyone else and another set of rules applying to them. And they're fine with it because they don't believe we're a society of equals. And like, this is the product of a society where the people who make sure that there are guns that can shoot your children, that can shoot you when you're in a grocery store, that can shoot you when you're at a movie theater, that can shoot you when you're taking a walk, that can shoot like any moment in the United States right now could be interrupted by gun violence, except the conference where the people who decide where guns are going to be <laughs> all collect together and decide that you deserve to get shot. Yeah. All right. Well, it's like the Supreme Court putting up barriers, mm-hmm. like you can't protest within a hundred feet of them, but you can walk like basically right up to the edge of an abortion clinic's property and scream that people are murderers for like getting health care. It's like exactly what you said. It's like there's one set of rules for them because they actually do recognize that letting everyone have guns everywhere is fucking dangerous. <laughs> yes, it's, it's such a tell. They're really telling um, on themselves. Like, and that it actually, there are psychological effects to being screamed at as you're entering and entering, like, leaving places. So they actually do understand that, and they don't want it for them. But for women who are seeking abortions, yeah, you can be screamed at. For people, for kids going to school, yeah, sorry, we can't ban guns for those people. It's only, only we get protected by the law. A radical, everybody. <laughs> like, this, like radical. this, this fundamental hypocrisy, like, this is... There are you're not crazy. There's so like, many tiny coffins right now because these people think that that's okay. And that is not, I think, we, I think we all agree, except for them, that this is not okay. And we should not tolerate it. And it doesn't matter whether or not Democrats are going to be like, oh, we, we've got a bill ready, which they should. They should always have a bill ready. It should always, mm-hmm. it should always be the maximalist language and it should always put people on their, their back foot and say, this is going to build us a society where this never happens again. And every time, you know, Republicans come out and say like, well, it wouldn't have stopped this one. It's like, well, we'll maybe stop the next one. So that's a good enough reason, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. You know, exactly. like, yeah. Amen. Take control. <laughs> Stay radical. Well, at least we can soothe ourselves with some discarded Juneteenth ice cream from Target. <laughs> Did you guys see this? Ridiculous. I thought when this went around that it was just like somebody didn't realize it was from 2020. Because when you look back at June 2020, brands were doing some wild, wild things. Gushers was making statements. A lot of wild <laughs> stuff was happening. I remember the one that I reposted was from The Brats. Like oh, the Bratz no, dolls, yeah. they point. Yes. They posted something that was like, "We stand with." I mean, the Bratz are many of the Bratz are very beautiful women of color, so <laughs> I understand why it makes they, more sense. Somehow. It makes sense why the Bratz spoke out actually, but I just remember that they had like a really well written statement, and like Donald Trump hadn't said shit. 
but, but fortunately, fortunately, people have issued a bit of a corrective to this. I mean, I don't know if like Target is that much better than Walmart, but Target does have uh, a red velvet flavored ice cream from a black owned ice cream brand. It is called Cream Malicious. So if you want to get into some red velvet over the weekend, go to Target. You have our you have our you have our permission to go to Target. I'll see you there. I would love to spend the weekend in Target. <sighs> uh, uh. That is all for today. Thank you, guys. I hope that you stay well and get some time to, you know, care for everything. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.